to Savvy, Booked, and Blessed, a podcast for bold female leaders making bold moves. I'm your host, Devin A. Thaxton, founder and CEO of Pro Savvy Strategic Performance Agency. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Welcome to Savvy, Booked, and Blessed, a podcast for bold female leaders making bold moves. I'm your host, Devin A. Faxton, founder and CEO of ProSavvy Strategic Performance Agency. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest. So today I'm super excited. I'm here with Lori Stack, the founder of LaunchX. LaunchX brings together top aspiring high school entrepreneurs from around the world each summer, supporting them through the process of launching an actual startup. Welcome, Lori. Thanks so much for having me, Devonay. Wow, I'm super, super excited to chat with you today because this is something that I wish I went to when I was younger, kind of maybe bored in school, not feeling challenged enough. Um, I actually didn't even go to like any type of summer camp until I was like a camp counselor myself. So any type of summer program, like I'm excited to, to hear all about it. So share a little bit more about LaunchX and what it's all about. Yeah, well, and that was actually part of my inspiration for starting it. Like I know yeah. when I was in high school, I had so much creativity, passion, drive, wanted to, to take on the world. And yeah. I remember adults always saying, oh, you'll do great things someday. You know, when you have a degree, some experience, you know, someday. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I definitely had that entrepreneurial spirit, but didn't even really know what an entrepreneur was. Yeah, <laughs> at sure. that, at that uh, so, you know, I buckled down and got my like fancy degrees, got out to the, the real world, if you will. Uh, <laughs> and gosh, I remember being asked to take initiative on projects, creatively problem solve, make decisions without that perfect information of homework. And yeah, that's very different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so then, I mean, I love entrepreneurship education for the answer to both of these things, like preparing the real skills and mindset for our futures, whether, whether we do become entrepreneurs or maybe just are a little bit more action oriented within a bigger yeah. company. Uh, but then also these students are starting real companies, believing that they're capable of great things now. And that's, that's been amazing to see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, like in this short span of a month long summer program, students go through the entire process of opportunity identification, market research, prototyping, strategy, go to market, financials, pitching, everything and, and launch real companies. So that's, that's been really amazing to see. <laughs> First of all, can I sign up? Um, because I keep an husband, as an adult, I'm like, Ooh, like some of these areas, like I could use a little, you know, more <laughs> distance in, but this is, this is fantastic. And I, I think, um, you know, the other day I was having a conversation with a friend of like, you know, things that we learned in school that we don't use anymore or that we don't, you know, whatever. And I was like, when was the last time I used cursive? Or like, when was the last time I had to do, you know, like silly things that it's like, I wish they would have replaced that with, you know, something a little bit more practical. And we can get into like, you know, not to get into the school system, you know, that's a whole other podcast. Um, so what, what led you, I know you talked a little bit about, you know, just not feeling challenged enough in school and like wanting to do more and such. So, so you had this idea, tell us a little bit more of like how this came to be. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think a lot of people retell their entrepreneurial story in this way. That's almost like, Oh, this like light bulb moment and like everything just, just happened. And um, I don't think that's actually the case for anybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so whether you hear about, 
you know, Sergey Brin and Larry Page with Google. It was just kind of like this, this little like side project that then after a while grows to be something that they can't ignore or, you know, even Facebook, it was just this like little, I mean, honestly, like a hot or not kind of web right. that evolved into something yeah. else. Right. <laughs> Any of these stories start with just kind of this little, you know, nugget of an idea that evolves. And, and this is no different. Uh, so it started with that, that nugget of an idea of like, yeah, you know, these, these two frustrations and hmm, is this something that I can actually do anything about and start a different kind of trial and error of a few things um, and set different goals for myself. Yeah. Uh, and, and realized as I started going along, just uh, how empowering and exciting it was to be working on something like this. Sure. And, and that kind of like fueled me through, even when there were those, those difficult moments of it. Um, and I, you know, just, just set up this, this kind of timeline of everything of, okay, you know, it was an idea in July of 2012. And mm -hmm. if I was going to run it as a program in summer of 2013, well, then what's the timeline of that? What would need to be financials and operations and everything that would need to get done? What's my you know, to-do list, what's the most important and urgent stuff that would need to happen, you know, how many students would it need to be, like how many applications, what's the timeline of when those applications would need to take place, what are the, you know, targets for all of those, and I think yeah. a lot of times people uh, can get excited about focusing on the wrong things in a startup early on, and what I mean by the wrong things is a lot of people would assume that with an entrepreneurship education program like this, you would start with building the curriculum. Mm -hmm. but the curriculum isn't the most important thing. Uh, the most important thing is to prove whether or not students care and, you know, what aspects they care about and what things matter to them. Um, and, and I think, I mean, whether that be that you're building a, a platform or an app or whatever that might be, the most important thing isn't to start sketching out a wireframe of the app. Sure. Yeah. Figure out like whether or not those people want to be connected. I mean, like whether that's, you know, the early days of something like an Amazon or an Uber, you know, you want to figure out whether or not people are interested in, in buying books online or whether or not people will, you know, get in a car with a stranger. You don't yeah. need to jump straight to like drawing out, you know, drawing out the actual wireframes. Right. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people try to start too early with, oh, what should our name be? What should our logo be? What should this wireframe be? Yeah. Instead of starting with the well, do, do customers really care enough about right. this? And who really is the customer? Uh, so I kind of built out that, that timeline in the first year of, okay, like when do all these, these things need to happen? And if anything doesn't hit the, the numbers where I want it to be, then what? Yeah. Because there were a lot of those moments in the first year. Yeah. <laughs> I think for every entrepreneur there are, there's be yeah. like, oh my gosh, I had a target of, right. you know, 90 applications and we got five well yeah. like, that was cute that was so <laughs> ambitious wasn't I that was adorable <laughs> like, yeah exactly and I think we've all been there so oh, yeah absolutely instead yeah. of saying well this means people don't care well yeah. what what am I doing to not get the word out enough <laughs> absolutely no you're you're totally speaking my language when I kind of first started it was it was like serious plan I, and I feel like probably what what you take, you know, these students through, 
of building all of that. I gave myself six weeks. I went through all of these, you know, what is my marketing plan? What is this? What is my action plan? All these things. And like, I could care less about a name. Um, I just wanted to know, do people need my services? Do they care? Would I even like it <laughs> for like long-term of like, what is my life going to look like um, um, for that? And yeah, if, if the messaging which is ever changing. So not saying everything is like, you know, set in stone, but if the messaging's not there, if like your purpose and why isn't there, like it, you know, you could spend so much time doing things that you shouldn't be doing maybe, or pay so much money for stuff that doesn't matter because that's not even what your audience or, or market is looking for. And, and what's so invaluable in that first year is just talking directly to customers. Yeah. So I know um, I did a few summer program fairs where I would actually have a booth and talk directly to students. Yeah. And I think with a program like this, a lot of people also are tempted to say, oh, well, you're, you're, you have your customer of the students, but then, you know, parents are the ones paying. So you really have to appeal to the parents. Mm. But the way we've always thought about it is, well, we're going for those entrepreneurial students. So, you yeah. know what, they're going to, they're going to sell their parents on it. <laughs> True. Right. They're already and, independent or yeah. Yeah. And so it was, it was funny because um, especially in that first year, as we talked to students versus parents at summer, at the, the summer programs fairs, there were certain things that we would message that were extremely appealing to students, even just, you know, our, our application itself. Um, and the first year, I think it was that we had, they would submit as part of the application, a few slides, like a few slides, PowerPoint, and it shifted in more recent years to be an, a video. Sure. And students, students love this. They were like, yeah. oh, it's such a cool entrepreneurial opportunity to like share about me. Yeah. And I remember parents being like, oh, you're expecting students to have to put together slides or a video as part of this? That's such a big ask. Like they, they would be used to that being like a deliverable at the end of an entire week of a program. Right. Like, oh, may, like maybe at the end of a week, an entire team would put together slide. And to right. us, I'm like, oh no, that's like part of the application. And then like- ah first day you're pitching again, like all through, like we have high expectations for these students. Um, and, and I think like talking to students like rapid fire so much during those, those program fairs was also helpful to just really open up and listen to what things resonated with them, especially the ones that we felt were a little bit more of those entrepreneurial students and see, okay, these things are resonating with messaging, with the way we want to push them, with the way, with these other kinds of aspects of the what of the program, the why of the program, the how of the program. And then that allowed us to feedback into, okay, here are the things that really matter to them, like what kinds of mentorship, what types of support, what types of materials, and the messaging itself. Yeah. I think that's also really important in that first year to make sure you have those touch points with your customers. Right. And you mentioned that you have um, a program that is launching soon or like another cohort that's, that's starting. Tell us a little bit more. I would love to know a little bit more of like what happens during that, that time, if you wouldn't mind sharing kind of the curriculum. Yeah. So um, we, we run the program each summer. And so for those first seven years, we ran it uh, at university campuses. So um, let's see here. The first relationship was at MIT, and then we grew to additional locations of University of Pennsylvania, UMich, Northwestern. Uh, and then the last two years, we've run the program online. And it's been fantastic to see that there was actually still growth in applications in the last couple of years, even with running it online and fantastic reception. Um, 
to, to the program. Uh, and I think that speaks a lot to how we kind of thought about how to still have this amazing community building and starting things even in the online space. And then for this coming year, we just announced the application for this coming year, which will offer both the on-campus program and the online program. Uh, we you know, recognize that there's different comfort levels in the coming year, as well sure. as different accessibility um, yeah. that, uh, that each of those allow. <laughs> yeah, love that, love that. So then during the, during the summer program, tell us a little bit about what, what they kind of go through. I know you mentioned it a little bit um, earlier, but kind of how the weeks kind of shake up. Yeah, so I mentioned a little bit the like high level of the entrepreneurial process that they go through. And then uh, in addition to the entrepreneurial process, there are so many other cool aspects of uh, the support that, that the students and teams have because they do start companies and teams. Uh, and so then the other aspects of, of support that they have that I just love some of these other things that we integrate um, are things like they get a mock board of advisors. So a panel of a few mentors that they meet up with each week uh, to be able to, you know, bounce ideas off of, yeah. prepare, um, similar to how you might have your yep, board of directors or board of advisors for your, for your actual startup. And uh, I like, that's continually just an amazing part of the program because I mean, versus just having one mentor, you have this panel where if you are starting, say like an ed tech company, you know, you can hear a little bit, somebody from the background of education, technology, you know, sure. somebody platform perspective and kind of, you know, think about, okay, like what perspective are they coming with? Do they all agree? Right. What things do they disagree about? Um, so we integrate these different other components to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also week over week, um, they do continue to pitch and evolve and, and kind of iterate aspects of their company. We tell them there's the only failure is if your opportunity is exactly the same from the beginning to the end of the program. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, right. Because <laughs> some aspect of it should be adjusting based on feedback from customers, mentors, um, peers, et cetera. Like you should be getting continual feedback throughout that process. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so there's a few different components that are kind of like woven throughout of the type of research, prototyping, financials, and go-to-market that they're doing throughout those entire weeks uh, that they're kind of like pitching on, iterating on throughout to then um, many of the teams. And we we do have the goal of, you know, all the teams being able to actually get sales by the end of the program. Right. Love that. That's, I, I'm like, literally have a list of, I have like 500, what feels like 500 nieces and nephews and like big family. And I'm just thinking of all of these students that I think would, this would be just so, so awesome for. Um, I would love to hear a little bit more about you and like something that you're just, I mean, yes, of course, like this company, but like something else that you're just so proud of and that is like so precious to you about like along this entrepreneurial journey, if you wouldn't mind sharing something. Hmm. Something else that I'm proud of and is like means a lot to me along the entrepreneurial journey. And it can be something, you know, specific, you know, a, a, a success story or, you know, something like that. But um, yeah, something that you're just really proud of. Um, let's see here. Um, gosh. I mean, so. And is within LaunchX or external to LaunchX? 
either. Whatever you want to share. Yeah. Um, so I, I think one thing that, um, like, gosh, I know, I know there's like so many student stories that are coming to mind as yeah. well as just, uh, you know, how things adjusted during, during the pandemic. Uh, and uh, also just, I mean, the team that we have at LaunchX. So like there's a million, you might see yeah. there's like yeah. wheels turning of a million things. Um, and, and maybe I'll even just kind of like blend a few of these to say that I, um, I think like a success story um, that I'll refer to is at the beginning of the pandemic, we um, had, you know, a couple of calls with our alumni mm -hmm. and uh, it was, it was just so inspiring to see uh, like, I mean, we kind of use that as a means of saying, you know, like I, I wanted to have that as a touch point because I know there were a lot of people that, you know, were having a bit of difficulty with feelings of connectedness. And sure. this has always been such a strong community. Yeah. Uh, so it was a touch point of like bringing together a lot of the alumni. And I see entrepreneurship as not just starting companies, but also how can we be leaders in the community? Yeah. Uh, so it, it was amazing to see just how many things the alumni were already doing in their communities, whether some of them um, were leveraging makerspaces in their areas to be creating masks um, or, you know, create like another was, um, had almost launched this app that leveraged uh, machine learning to be able to tell the difference between a cough that was COVID and a regular cough. Wow. And um, others of them, you know, were creating a platform for volunteer services to be able to support a number of people throughout COVID, whether it was the elderly or other folks that just like needed additional support yeah. during times. And it was so heartwarming to see the things that they were already doing, but then also connect them to be able to come up with additional ideas of events, mini startups, other things that they could be doing to be able to support people during these times. And I think that that just speaks so much to the way that these students are just amazing action-oriented people in general. Because that, that to me is, is what an entrepreneur is. It's not just starting companies. It's, it's becoming that person that sees, sees any challenge as an opportunity to step up and, and help help solve problems and help yeah. support people around them. Yeah, so I think that's, that's probably one of my, one of my favorite things over the last few years yeah. was just seeing, um, seeing that community coming together in that way. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know, what's super fun and tiring and exhausting and exciting is like choosing this life of, of entrepreneurship. And I feel like sometimes, um, we're just like, or at least when I, when I was thinking about it, which was, yeah, I was kind of one of those accident, like I, it wasn't something I was necessarily thinking about until something happened. And I was like, you know what, I'm sick of it. I'm going to figure this out, you know, type situation. But, you know, it came to me of, of like, yeah, work for yourself, make your own money, do your own thing. Right. But like, I didn't hear always how exhausting it would be. <laughs> like, how to like manage my time differently or like, you know, kind of all those things. And so, you know, lately I've been really trying to be purposeful 
in gratitude and like thinking of like I chose this life and like today I'm I'm kind of thankful for whatever um and so I kind of wanted to kind of I don't know ask you and in, in challenge about that a little bit of just like this life that you've chosen like what has been one of the most um rewarding aspects of of choosing entrepreneurship for yourself yeah um Gosh, I think one one of the most rewarding things is, um, I mean, the the stories of the students. Yeah. Um, I mean, seeing seeing them make that shift, um, and I mean, one of the ways I describe that shift is going from, and and there's probably a better way to put this, but going from a little bit that kind of like validation seeking to a little mm-hmm. bit more just self assured decision makers. Yeah, and I, I like that. I think makes makes it all worth it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And do you feel like you went through that, like personally in your walk as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I think that there's even, um, like a few, a few ways that I, I have adjusted to be able to do that. Um, mm-hmm. whether that's, you know, not like not waiting for outside forces to be able to make certain decisions. Um, when I kind of really internalize this concept of there not being right and wrong, uh, and then like figuring out how to build different contingencies about decision-making. Yeah. And I think those are things that we kind of like help the students be able to learn throughout the program. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of ways that, uh, that things around us do, teach us to, to seek that bit of validation, whether it's like, oh, there's like, like I was saying, like multiple choice questions, like there are right and wrong answers to a lot of things, like seek a certain grade, ask people for these answers. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, I mean, even just an example of how, for example, we shifted in the face of the pandemic at LaunchX. Um, I think there were a lot of people that were continually waiting for these outside forces to kind of like force their hand strategically as a company to make decisions, just kind of like waiting, 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 like, oh, let's see if things get worse. Let's see if they get better. But without proactively saying like, when, why, how will we force that decision on ourselves? Sure. And I I think that, you know, we at LaunchX made a, a strategic decision relatively early, um, to go online both in that first year, as well as for our 2021 summer program, we announced in October yeah. <laughs> of, of the, the fall beforehand. Yeah. Uh, and we just continually as a team each week checked in with ourselves and said, all right, what are the key factors for this decision based on the fact that we have you know, international student base and s- certain safety metrics and um, certain other things. And yeah. like, like, what are the key factors in this decision? Sure. What would we need to see by what time period? Um, and so like, what are the, the advantages and disadvantages of being able to make a decision now versus later? And I think that that's a really hard thing to, to force on ourselves because a lot of times we want to have an outside force make that decision for us because then we can right. say like, you know, that it, it was, it was that, that right, right. <laughs> for me, yeah. but especially as entrepreneurs, if, if we can be the ones to make that decision more proactively, I think that shows a lot of strength to the market, to our customers, yeah. to our vendors, partners, others, to be able to, to make that, that stand. Right. Uh, and then just building in what are, what are the contingencies? What's the next branch of that decision tree based yeah. on 
pieces. Sure. Uh, and just knowing that there's no right and wrong. Um, bec- and, and that was something that I think business school taught to me really well, <laughs> uh, strangely enough. Um, like I'd gone to business school having a background in engineering where, you know, things are, things are black and white, right? You have an equation, it, it spits right. out an answer and it's like, that is, that's it. Uh, and so we went to business school and we'd read case studies about these protagonists and then go in and, you know, argue what the, the protagonist should do. And so I would, I would go into that from my background and experience, you know, arguing, okay, this protagonist, well, the first couple of weeks, it was always, it depends. I want more information. And that was the same that everybody did, <laughs> but we were supposed right. to take a stand. So I'd, you know, go in and argue, all right, they should do A, but I would be in this class with other brilliant peers that even if they were on the same side as me, it might be for different reasons. Other classmates for, you know, would argue an entirely different perspective and there would never be any resolution. The professor would never say, oh, here, here's the right answer. <laughs> and that was infuriating at first, yeah. but after a while it was really comforting because their brilliant peers all came to different solutions. And then I would, I would even start to notice, okay, people in the class, well, this, this classmate maybe comes at it from a little bit more like, all right, a little bit more like capitalist perspective or a little bit more the like social impact perspective or, or whatever perspective they come from. And, and I kind of realized, okay, well, that's, that's what we can hope for, right. For like for ourselves or for our companies is to have this kind of alignment of decision-making that makes sense. Right. Definitely. And so we, you know, set our, our North star and then we figure out having this alignment of decision-making, but there's no right and wrong. Yeah. And, and so I, I think, um, yeah, figuring out what those, those key, you know, to loop it back to our decision-making for our company, we figured out, okay, well, you know, safety is important. These other factors, like what are the other factors that were really important to us sure. uh, that would allow us to feel like we were doing right by our students by our company, by our staff, by everyone um, that fit in strategic alignment. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and I, I think if every company can can kind of figure out what that alignment is for themselves and, and like try to be a little bit more proactive with that decision making, then yes. um, then I think that's the, the biggest advice that I can I can give for any entrepreneur out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's that's perfect, and I wholeheartedly you know, agree. There's, there's, um, I don't know, industry best practices for like, whatever that means. And I I believe that that's true, but there's also like, this is your business and you know, your audience and your market and where you're going and your finances and all of that stuff. And so, yes, this is maybe what the market is doing, or yes, this is maybe what, you know, someone, um, you know, is doing, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's the best for you. And so, um, you know, kind of what I'm, what I'm hearing you say, and, and what I agree is like, this is your official permission slip to <laughs> make decisions for yourself and get proactive. And, you know, um, you're allowed to do things that, that fit um, well for your company. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Go do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. No, I love that. Okay. So, um, as we wrap up here, I always like to do a little speed round because it's always just you know, fun and to get to know you specifically. So um, one question that I, I always ask, and I'm always curious of like how, or what is your favorite way to take care of um, yourself? Um, this could be like 
something mentally healing or like physically healing or you know emotionally healing to like sustain you in this entrepreneur journey so what's what's kind of like one of your favorite ways to take care of yourself oh I have my fun hobbies uh whether it's uh I ride a motorcycle and I do ballroom dance yes (laughs) yes I love that how long have you been doing ballroom dance uh it's been just over two years now oh Oh, that's fun. Okay. I said this is speed round. Okay. Um, what would you do if you had 10 hours back in your week for personal time? Oh, for personal time. Let's see here. I love, love audiobooks. So a portion of that would go towards some yeah. audiobooks, um, other of personal time. I mean, it'd be some friends, um, yeah. and, maybe getting a little bit more routine into working out. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I feel that one too. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Okay, last question. So you have just been awarded, given $10,000 and you are able to fly to a foreign country and do something with it. So first question is, what country are we going to? And I said, we, because I'm going to join you. <laughs> Where are we going? Because this sounds fun. And two, what would be, uh, like, what would you do with that $10,000 in that country? Ooh, oh my gosh. Um, so the Galapagos Islands has been my dream trip for a while. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and gosh, I, I, what all to do there? I mean, I would, I would even just have to see what all is even possible to do there at this point. But I feel like yeah. there's just, so many amazing adventures there. Yeah, all the adventures. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> all the adventures there. All the adventures. Right. I know very little about the Galapagos Islands besides um, like tortoises. And on that show, Shit's Creek. I don't know if you've seen that show, but that's about all I know. <laughs> he left for that. Anyway, that sounds fun. I love that for you. That sounds fun to do that. Well. Is there anything um, else you would like to share with our audience before we wrap up? Um, let's see here. I guess um, since we did just open the application, if uh, if any of the audience knows any uh, aspiring young entrepreneurs who'd be interested in applying, uh, you can direct them to launchx.com or to directly apply.launchx.com. And then uh, I imagine there are also some awesome, awesome badass women entrepreneurs that are, are listening as well, that we're always in need of some fantastic mentors to the program. And I know that I'm continually inspired by these awesome young entrepreneurs and yeah. hope you do as well as uh, be interested in giving back. So cool. if anyone would want to mentor our next summer of students, uh, we have an application link, but versus just spout off a very long link, you can email us at info at launchx.com and we'll send you that. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Lori, for meeting and chatting today. Um, And thank you for um, just doing what you're doing, man, for the upcoming generation. I think this is so, so freaking awesome Um, and can't wait to to share it around. Thanks for joining us. Um, And thank you to everyone listening to Savvy, Booked, and Blessed. If you are a successful six to seven figure female entrepreneur, who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.prosavvyas.com slash podcast slash guest. This URL is so long. We should work on that. 
Um, if you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? If you know of anyone, um, any students or any other, you know, badass women who'd be great, great mentors, like definitely share this out. Um, and then also you can share that by taking a quick screenshot on your phone and texting it to a friend or posting it on the socials. Um, and if you know someone else who would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. to Savvy, Booked, and Blessed. If you are a successful six to seven figure female entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.prosavvyas.com dash podcast slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot on your phone and text it to your friend or post it on the socials. If you know of someone that would be a great guest, go ahead and tag them in social media and let them know about the show and include hashtag Savvy, Book, and Blessed. I love seeing your posts and I love your guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss out on any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Give your thumbs up ratings and reviews. They definitely go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me and my team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.